Welcome back to the Mackinac on Michigan show brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. And I'm Jared Squirrel. And we love to have uh, folks from the media join us to give us an overview of what on earth has been happening in Lansing and in politics these days. And we're joined by one of the best. Beth LeBlanc of the Detroit News is on the line today. Beth, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Beth, you, you can see us as your warm-up for uh, for Thanksgiving, because I know people, <laughs> they're going to ask you what's going on, what should I pay attention to, and you'll have to figure or, that out. You're like the factual intermediary at the table. Well, yeah. actually, you, you should. <laughs> I've got relatives that ask stuff, and I could be like, well, you know, we're dealing with the uh, the invasion of Michigan from Canada, and they'd be like, oh, I, I kind of miss that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I could say anything, so but they use me as their one once a year checkup to what they should pay attention to. Right. So we're gonna do that. Yeah, with you. yeah. I I just try to drink in the corner and stay out of it. But sometimes you get pulled into it. Yeah, depends depends on the family. We're all different types yeah, of families out yeah. here. Beth is like, this is my day off. Yeah. <laughs> so so what's going on? What you know, the the legislature just wrapped up. It's kind of a unique time period where we might be on a break for quite quite a time uh, now. So what what did the legislature recently wrap up? What are some of the big issues they finalized and you think might come up next year? Yeah, so earlier this month, the, the legislature wrapped a lot of its work at an earlier point than probably in decades. Um, but they, they wrapped up basically on this uh, big package of bills that would implement certain financial disclosure requirements for the legislators themselves. Um, and that took quite a bit of time to get across the finish line. It was constitutionally required of them, but there were a lot of differing views on how far that disclosure should go and, and what it all should include. Um, so at the end of the day, they got a package through, but it was not without a lot of uh, of consternation, we'll say, especially in the House. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now they are on basically a two, at least a two-month break. But when they come back in January, it's it remains to be seen basically how much they're going to be able to get done because in the House, they're returning with a 54-54 split among Democrats and Republicans because two of the Democrats who gave the Democratic caucus a 56-member majority have left to um, serve as mayors in their respective towns. So that leaves a tie in the House, and any bill that gets across the finish line is going to have to you know, drum up some bipartisan support. So that that might prove difficult, and we're we're waiting to see how it all plays out in January. Well, God forbid we have to figure out bipartisan support on legislation. <laughs> um, so you did have so you had a rare situation. You had Republicans cheering for some Democrats to win win some elections at the local level. Is that what we what we saw? Yeah, those yeah. Mayoral think, races. Yeah, it was it was interesting. So it was Representative Lori Stone won her race for Warren mayor, and then Representative Kevin Coleman won his race for the Westland mayoral seat. And yeah, you you saw um, people following the dynamics of that race and and how it would leave the House uh, very very closely. And I'm I'm not sure that anyone would have predicted that both of them would win, but they mm. did in fact win, and and now they're going to have to move forward. Um, with more negotiations than than they than have been taking place so far. 
So it it looks like, from what I've read, between getting a couple uh, elections done to replace those folks and put people in those seats, that's going to take until May or June, maybe halfway through next year. And in response to that, Representative Matt Hall, who um, is the leader of the Republicans in the House, has said, look, uh, to Speaker Tate, we need some sort of power sharing arrangement. I control half the House. You control half the House. That has not gone over well with Tate. Um, Where do you think that all winds up? Because if the Republicans just say no to everything, then the legislature is at a total standstill. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that the kind of spat about how how power is shared at this point, it, it dates back to rules that Democrats put in place when they first took over power in January. And they said, we will not have a, a new speaker or a co-speakership unless there is a, a new majority in, in power, basically, in the House. And so, uh, you know, Leader Hall has said, yeah, I'm, I'm open to a shared power agreement. Speaker Tate has said, uh, no, we still hold the gavel. Obviously, they need Republican votes for anything to pass, but they do still hold the gavel. And, yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, there there are some causes that I think Republicans and Democrats see eye to eye on or at least want to, to make some headway on. Um, you know, some things mentioned by Speaker Tate are um, community and economic development uh, basically like reforms to the current systems that Michigan has in place, um, efforts to rein in prescription drug costs, and and they're, they're going to have to start looking at the development of the annual budget, which is mm-hmm. not not an easy process, but that's going to come early. Yeah. Now, the, the question of how long this tie is going to remain in place, I think that remains to be seen. If if the clerks in Westland and, and Warren had it their way, I think they'd like to see, you know, special elections that coincided with existing elections that they have to run, which would, yeah, put in a month-long timeline that we'd have to follow for replacing them. But Governor Whitmer is not bound by, by any of their preferences. I mean, mm-hmm. she can she can schedule them at any time in February and April. Um, so it could be a, a few short months. It could be several um we're just kind of waiting on on word from the governor. Yeah, yeah, Beth. Um, so y- you've been you've been covering the, the legislature. How is the general mood among lawmakers? I mean, ev- it seems like on every big issue, it's there's very little uh, bipartisan. Whether it's economic issues, social issues, and and that means you know Democrats really have to hold together a coalition. You know where you're pressuring these extremely progressive. Uh, members to vote for massive amounts of corporate subsidies. I saw you had an article um, just today or yesterday about the Marshall plant that had great fanfare. It's going to create thousands of jobs. They spent hundreds of millions on that. They've scaled that back now. Um, Do you have progressive members pushing back on having to take these tough votes? Um, Do you have moderate members that are not happy about taking progressive votes, Um, so-called? How's the mood among lawmakers? Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Like that's one of the interesting things about this session is that it's not simply, you know, uh, very um, partisan votes or very partisan issues. It's also what's interesting to zero in on is is the splits in some of the caucuses. Because in the Democrats, you have some very progressive members, some very kind of centrist or moderate Democrats, and then in Republicans, you have you know more moderate Republicans, and then you have. Um, very, very conservative Republicans like the Freedom Caucus, who should they 
come into the majority would also, you know, kind of serve as a wild card on, on some of these votes. But yeah, I mean, right now on some of these these issues, um, like incentives for, for companies like Ford or GM, you are seeing a split there in the caucus. You're seeing some more progressive members saying, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this. I, I don't, they're calling it corporate welfare. Um, and then you have some more central people who are saying, no, we need to get this across the finish line. In other cases, um, you know, you have some more progressive policies come up that they want to get across the finish line. Uh, some, some pretty strong abortion bills or environmental bills. And you see some, some moderate Democrats who are from pretty competitive districts saying, hey, A, this isn't exactly how I align. And B, I, I am in a competitive district and I need to be able to defend this to both Republicans and Democrats at the end of the day who, who vote in my district. We've got to leave it there. Uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Beth LeBlanc of the Detroit News. Check out all her work at the Detroit News' website. And that's all the time we have tonight. You can check out this show and all our others by heading to Frank Beckman Center for Journalism.com or TheGreatVoice.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Mackinac, Michigan Show here on WJR. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not necessarily those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.